have done it. We have this gone live. This is now. Here we are. Right? Is there more to that song or is that just it? <laughs> Here's the moment. We're here. Doing now. Doing now. Now is happening right now. I don't know. That's that's uh, that's the song as it stands for this moment. What did you say? You said something to me recently about a song. I did. Do we, do we want to tease about it a little we bit? We can tease about it. I have no idea when people will be uh, hearing it. But I did contact a person who was able to do such things as write theme songs to write our theme song. I told you about that, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, so I expressed some things that are important. We, we talked about what is, it, what is important to you in a theme song, Nicholas? Um, um, <laughs> well, I suppose it depends on the show. But for this show, <laughs> right. the thing that you and I have kind of, I think both kind of been on the same page about this from the beginning, right. is the Muppet Show theme. <laughs> Yes. With like a little so bit good. of Seinfeld. Yeah, some boopity boops and shigudit like percussion. Yeah. Yep. And it's time to light the lights, right? Yeah. I'm Couch a, potato a show. Muppet anyway. I think the important part is the show. Yes, exactly. The light <laughs> couch potato show. <laughs> My sister oh. always used to say that I was like a living Muppet anyway, because even when I was little, I would tell jokes and then I would go, <laughs> like and they do that right like the Muppets yeah. like joke ah! <laughs> and I'd be like ah, ah. <laughs> totally plus we both watched a lot of olden times shows shows from the 50s and 60s and stuff like that we did we did uh, and there are a lot of like horn sections and things mm-hmm. from there so that's yeah that's that's her driving force I also played for her the theme song from Gentleman Jack because now, you haven't watched this show yet, and I talked about it many, 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 many weeks, yeah. months, years ago in COVID world at this point. And th- th- there's like, there's rhythm stuff that's like, there's it's several catchy themes that go together, and you just like can't help but to move and bounce. And so we've got some some cool crap happening. I'm excited. So I'm excited. Let, let's, let's talk logistical here. So once oh. we have the theme song. Uh-huh. Is that when we're going to like take this backlog and turn it into actual podcasts or just is it forever going to live here on Facebook? Yes. So there are two. So theme song, which includes like the tag at the end for credits. And then and then we got we someone someone who exists and can do things needs to take and uh, create the, the like the intro visual. Like an animated logo kind of thing. Yeah. Animated thing for the YouTube channel to like start and the credits reels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And once those things exist, then some human goes and grabs the stuff and puts them on YouTube. I think, will I edit the audio for the podcast? So there will be podcasts somewhere and YouTube videos somewhere. I have a friend that's been doing my other shows for the audio and I might just do that so that there's something off my plate it turns out i don't know if you're aware i think you're aware but you viewer are you aware of how long video editing and audio editing 
there's a reason why we do these like live because then you can just take the live performance and you don't have to go through and cut oh wait i gotta redo that part god damn it it i just recently outsourced my video editing for my other podcast and it it's like the podcast is 45 minutes to an hour, right? Yeah. But it's at least two to three hours additional time to get the thing edited, uploaded, to come up with a YouTube thumbnail, to write the description and the title. Look, I'm not complaining. I like doing this. This is fun. And at some point, outsourcing is uh, yeah. important. That's a lot better than my numbers. On my show from the hip with Adrienne Gunn, when we were pre-shooting and then editing and adding all the stuff writing the copy and then doing clips right the so clips people would watch it yeah yeah that's different so writing clips writing copy writing descriptions coming up with th- thumbnails there were two of us working on that between the two of us shit if we went from like shooting time setting up cameras and shooting plus interview plus editing it was 15 to 25 hours per episode oh no 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 <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, depending can't, on can't be done. That's a part-time fucking job yes. doing one episode a week. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. And what it yeah. with that project, it was really hard for me because the whole point of that project was to like, I love talking to people, and it was mm-hmm. about capturing an earnest conversation arc, right? Just mm-hmm. and and we get into whatever we get into. Two interesting people talking about whatever they talk about at the time. But I found myself, because I love talking to people, I found myself alone at my computer for 20 hours a week mm. for something that's about how much I love talking to people and connecting. And I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah. But I can, uh, you know, I have tools to get over that sensation of yeah. how much no, I but, like but the, Yeah, the point is not that even it, learning to love it, because I, I have actually grown to enjoy the art of editing it's kind of fun and i'm mm-hmm. i'm especially now starting to play with more artistic things and creative ways to edit and not just like cut put that done yeah. um but uh, it's just a matter of timing it's like it's that tim ferris 4 hour work week stuff where you got to you got to decide is this a thing that only i can do yeah. or is it something that even if someone else won't do it quite as well as I will at least it frees me up to be focused on the things that only I can do um yeah. like the podcast itself and the other podcast that I do and so uh, here's another logistical question cuz <laughs> I I don't know why I'm having these conversations live but sure uh, <laughs> hey, here we are so have you looked into any other podcasts that you feel like once we are like, boom, we have 35 episodes uploaded. Have you thought about other podcasts that we could like poke and say, Hey, would you be interested in having us come on your podcast or having you come on our podcast? It seems like that's probably the fastest way to like get more eyeballs and earballs. Sure. No, but I did have this daydream two days ago that I think it was like a couple of weeks ago. I saw an article about Netflix opening their buying property in New Mexico, Albuquerque specifically. Oh, yes. I, I heard about there. that. And I was like, you know what Netflix needs? 
Netflix needs our show for no good reason. And they need to pay us to do our show. And we can just specifically be assigned to watch Netflix stuff and then do more straight to camera. Like, that's what I decided. That was my I <laughs> love you so much. I then really I'm do. Like, oh, sure. I suppose I'll move to Albuquerque and then have a studio with editors and other people there. I guess. I guess I could do that. <laughs> the Enlightened Couch Potato Show. Netflix presents the Enlightened Couch Potato Show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they can throw us all their weird holiday movies and rom-coms and other stuff they're producing. The reality shows. We can get into it. Yeah. I would do it. You can be other yeah, guests on. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but but beyond uh, just being handed fuck tons of money from people who actually know what they're doing <laughs> and turning over the production. No, I, I have not thought of. I've thought of different humans that might be more available right now that we could talk to. I'd yeah. love to do like have have guests on and have them talk to us about their you know movies and TV they're made of. I've thought that's an easy thing to do. And then what are they watching? So, yeah. Yeah, it would be fun. I, I wonder if I have any gets, you know what I mean, from a, from a celebrity perspective. I, I'm a couple degrees of separation away from some pretty big names, but yeah. none of them I'm on a like, hey, will you come on my podcast? Especially, hey, will you come on my tiny little no uh, podcast? Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, I think I have some people – think about it this way. I do have some people who I would love to talk to about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And not that anybody else would know who they are, but I know that they would have some really interesting things to say about this idea that sure. movies and TV and stories can be a transformational tool and experience. So, yeah. Well, well, well so put yeah. a pin in it. And come I think back there are just there are also still some gettable, really bored actors out there. Probably who we can talk to. Yeah, and maybe if we get into researching, we could probably find some showrunners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to talk to writers and directors too, not mm-hmm. just actors. I mean, actors I know are more forward facing. They 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 have more name recognition, but um, yeah. I mean, I want to hear people who are in the artistic and not so much the personal development world pontificate about the power of stories. Like I know that there are people who have thought about this more than us and to to hear what are the movies that have most transformed you? What are the, Mm -hmm. what what are those, those experiences you had where you came out of an experience, a different person Um, and maybe even talk to them about the experience of making. I mean, I, I don't know that that feels like, I've seen that before. Like I, I know that people talk about the the transformational experience of making art, but yeah. consuming art is the point. That's kind of our, our thing is being the consumer doesn't just make you um, lazy and an entertainment, you know, couch potato. You can be an enlightened couch potato. Yes. I have post-its on my wall that I put up there way before we ever talked about this show. I think I put them up there maybe even a year before we talked about the show because I wanted to, I wanted to go to comic cons and other uh, conventions and, and lead a panel and lead a lecture and lead a like question actors and lead a panel about some of these topics. And specifically I'm looking over 
Uh, themes of dark and light, innocence lost, and redemption and forgiveness is one of the things that's on my post-it. It's been there for like, at this point, maybe two years. And then using TV as, and then there's like, as a spiritual awakening, but then I've got weird, I don't know what, written in the top. <laughs> a path to scribble. Just like, yeah, oh, okay. great idea. Smack. Because I'm a post-it person. You don't see yeah. them here. They're hiding on my desk, stuck to monitors. This is not as overwhelming as like past more manic Adrienne was. But uh, yeah, so I think we could probably, since a lot of panels have moved, if we could figure out what, you know, heroes and villains and a bunch of other Comic-Con or like things that exist once we have a channel and we get the some number of humans, we're like, we want to teach this panel. Do you want content? Because I there are people who are moving, although they're on Twitch, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know how to use it. Uh, a lot of them are on Twitch and other places that the young people use. Yeah, there's a few of those newer ones that I'm like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can look in that direction. Um, there are a couple, like, heroes and villains and Klexicon and others that I wanted yeah. to, to be a part of. I was, like, poised to be applying yeah. in February, March. And I was working on Ted before COVID hit. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Hey, who knows no, what the world's going to do? No Ted's anymore. Well, I don't know why I decided to have that conversation here. Do you want to start the show? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Enlightened Couch Potato Show. I'm Nicholas Rave, and this is... Adrienne Gunn. And Adrienne, what do we do here? Well, what we do is uh, we, we talk, we pontificate about television and movies in such a way that we help people figure out how to watch movies and television for maximum uh, psychological and spiritual development. Nailed it. Maximological <laughs> development and change. Maximological. <laughs> yes yes it's cool i verb things and i create new words i mm -hmm. am excited we last episode we had homework and we finished it did you finish little canyon i didn't yet <laughs> i know i'm so bad <laughs> you wrote up you wrote a paper on reading the first third well i watched i watched like half of it mm -hmm. um and then i uh i'm bad i didn't do my homework <laughs> It's all right. So we did our homework and then we were talking the other day and we're like, we didn't, we didn't give each other homework to come to this yeah. episode. Yeah. So you, do you want to pick an, a new thing and I'll, I'll finish that and then we can pick something while we're on the show? Ooh, what do maybe. I want to make Adrienne watch? Oh. <laughs> it's like truth or dare. Yeah. Except maybe less nudity. Yeah. Well, it depends on what I make you watch, I guess. Oh, I guess that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I yeah, I mean, we talked about the fountain. I do want to discuss oh, that at yeah, some yeah. point. Did you watch Peaceful Warrior? I can't remember. Oh, I'm listening to the book again. <gasps> yes. Oh, yeah. God damn it. It's so good. Yeah. I think it would be better if I was reading it. I've come to that realization that right now it's much easier for me to listen to books while I'm driving or walking or like doing breakfast and stuff in the morning while other things are happening. And I am supremely aware that because they are not it's not like scanning in my eyeballs, which is how I taught myself to, to take in information that it's not, it's not going in as deeply. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't feel the same. And 
I'm also aware that that if I install the habit of, as I learn something interesting, even from hearing it, if I turned around and made a video about it or wrote a blog or did something with it, then I would be integrating it. Yeah. But instead of that, <laughs> occasionally I talk to friends and that kind of helps. And mostly I have forgotten so many wonderful things I've learned in these past years of reading. I mean, listening to audiobooks. Oops. I, I have always had this thought that audio books, the strategy for listening to a storyteller tell you a story is mm-hmm. much older than the written word. And yeah. in that sense, we have strategies for going on that journey that that is more surrendered in a sense, I think, than mm-hmm. reading the book. When you're reading the book, if you read a sentence and you're like, wait, 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 what did that just say? Like sure. you go back and yes, of course you can rewind it, but you couldn't necessarily do that when you were sitting around the campfire. So there's something ephemeral, more ephemeral than um, reading with listening, I think. Yeah. And it's true. The difference for me is that I now, so when I read, I do read quickly and I hear a voice in my head. So it's not like I'm not doing an auditory version of what I'm reading in a book, but now I Mm -hmm. also have the visual. So Adrienne seems to have, it's not photogenic completely memory, but I do have, when I heard that thought, I also saw these shapes and that's and it stores differently mm. when I'm when I'm reading it because I'm like oh yeah in chapter two it was this shape. It works even when I'm reading like Kindle. I use the Kindle Cloud Reader. Mm-hmm. So most recent thing I read was Ben Greenfield, and I'm like oh yeah he was talking about the the tests that you can do that match if you don't you know get a p test for neurotransmitters you can take these quizzes and it's this shape and I'm like ah, I think that's a chapter whatever and I found it really quickly after remembering the thing and so there's. In school world, uh, I had to, I could visualize where I'd read the information that I was now going to discuss. So I had questions. So there's a visual in my head and I would have questions and I have a conversation about it. And then I'd write some notes, right? So when I was taking my tests, I could see the shape of where it was in the reading. I could hear the conversation and I knew what color people's shirts were, where I was in the room. And then because I'd written it out, I could just re it was just like taking on kinesthetic auditory and visual together. Yeah. And that's not happening when I'm listening to a book while cooking breakfast and yelling at my cat. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. I have heard that even the difference between digital e-readers and a physical book, mm-hmm. actually the information gets stored differently because things as subtle as how many pages you're holding on to in each hand as you're holding the book, like tells you how far in the book you were. And you don't remember it consciously, but you know where it was on the page and things like that. Um, Weird, weird question. Have you ever (laughs) tried reading a book with your eyes while listening to it? Not yet. I have done that a a couple of times and I don't, I don't find it to be particularly more useful (laughs) than (laughs) one or the other. Um, But I have tried it a couple of times um, with different things that I was like, I want to experiment with this. Yeah. I I could imagine that it might be helpful for somebody, but it slows down your visual. 
uh, and I often find I just kind of get distracted between the two, but I did try it because I'm weird like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do better on long distance drives. Like I listened to yeah. uh, Glennon Doyle's recent book on the way to the coast when no one was going to the coast. And yeah. That was magical. That yeah. was a trance and that was really powerful. Could not tell you any of the concepts, but it felt it felt cool. Yeah. <laughs> just, we're just in here. <laughs> I think I think other people said her book's pretty good. Untamed. It's like number one on the thing for some. Oh really? Is it nonfiction or fiction? Nonfiction. Yeah. Huh. It's a lot about how we've been trained to be small and quiet and more Mm. specifically women, but also there's, she does get very specific about what's happening to boys and men too Mm. in our culture and Mm -hmm. what it means to become wild again Mm. and, and belong to yourself. It's pretty, pretty fantastic. Cool. Um, But that's not what we were watching. Eh, No. So uh, you want to go? I I don't want to assign each other a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't have a lot of interesting things to talk about that I have been watching, but what do I want to have you watch? So The Fountain would be fun to talk about. I've seen it many, 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 many times. It's very deep. There's a lot of symbolism there. We can we can cut very deep. I, I It's probably not the most entertaining of movies. I did make you watch Speed Racer last time, which yeah. I think is very high on the entertainment factor and maybe overwhelmingly so. Yeah. I got the idea. I remembered what the idea was. It was in the bathroom. And the idea is we assign each other our favorite holiday movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So let. So can I just start rattling off, like, <laughs> options? Because we have to find one that you haven't seen, right? Do, do I have to not see it? Or just oh, see it? No, I, I guess that would be good. So, <laughs> um, uh, but I, I'm not sure, though. So let me rattle off a few, and then we'll My go, guess is we'll, Die Hard. Well, Die Hard is is on my holiday list, but I don't watch it every year. Um, oh. Gremlins is the big one this year that we're going to be watching um, because the boys, uh, nine and 11 years old, uh, one of them is very, he wants to watch it. Oh. And he thinks that he's ready. <laughs> so we're testing him with progressively scarier and scarier movies and gremlins is one of those 80s movies that don't pull any punches mm-hmm. like kids in the 80s <laughs> uh we're gonna scare the pants off of you oh my god um so no but the only movie that i think we watch almost every single year is um muppet christmas carol oh great i don't know if i've actually seen that oh uh, isn't that well, weird it's it's obviously the Christmas Carol story, um, but it's fucking Michael Caine. Yeah. Michael Caine as Scrooge. Nice. And then all the cast of Muppets doing their irreverent meta humor. And it's, it, it's to me, it's peak. There was like a Muppet renaissance when they were doing, they did that one and they did Treasure Island, which is also quite good. The Muppet mm-hmm. Treasure Island. Um, but Christmas Carol is so sweet and it just, it's, it's a weird, we should watch that and then talk about the moral, the morality of the story of Christmas Mm. Carol. Cause I've never read the book and I've always wondered if the emphasis in the book is different than the way that they make the movies. Sure. Cause it's that movie's been done. What freaking 12 times or something. Well, and then there's Scrooged and then there's, 
a bunch of other plays on it. I think I saw a movie last year, which was the uh, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past or something. Is it was like this big tale on, and it wasn't just Christmas. It was just like yeah, somebody ends up going to a family member's wedding, but they were not invited because they're just sort of, I think I talked about it on this show. This is, this is feeling Possibly. kind of familiar. There was a movie uh, that I didn't see about, I believe Charles Dickens and the writing of uh, a Christmas Carol called the man who invented Christmas. Mm. And I heard it was great uh, that like before that that book changed the world. It changed the way people celebrated Christmas. Um, so I haven't seen that one. I've heard it's good though. So okay. So holiday movie. Is there anything? I mean, I will. So so that that's probably great. But I I want to see if there's okay. a gem for you. Let's look. So, in there. um, White Christmas. Um, Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby. That's okay. a a classic family one that we used to watch. Um. What about you? I, okay. I don't think there's I don't think there's others. I mean, Muppet Christmas Carol is definitely the holiday movie of our like household. So my um, holiday movie is <laughs> I love that I also am like getting floods of like, oh, yeah, this is what I want. But every year, I think since maybe 97 or 98, I watch Mixed Nuts. Mixed Nuts is my holiday tradition, like like. Christmas Eve specifically is when I usually watch it because it's set in that one. Steve Martin and uh, it's not Ann Wilson because that's the singer from Heart. Um, uh, Julia Louis. No, God damn it. Juliette Lewis, uh, Anthony LaPaglia, freaking Adam Sandler, Madeline Kahn. The director whose name I'm not remembering. Reiner, Carl Reiner, the younger one, Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner. <laughs> um, I don't think I've seen it. Gary so Schilling. yes, yes, I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it if that's yeah. your if that's your movie. I think this is perfect. Mixed nuts and Muppet Christmas. Okay. All right, hey, awesome. it's beginning of December. Now's the time. Totally. Ah, oh, I. When was the Muppet Christmas Carol done? Oh man, it, I mean, I I was. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say 1998, and then I'm gonna look okay. it up and see I if think I'm Mixed right. Nuts is 95, and what's d- delightful about it is it's so very the 90s. And and anybody? Oh who's- nope nope 92. <gasps> Sorry. Ooh. Okay, so okay. I was nine when this <laughs> came out. Nice. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. That's actually kind of what I was thinking. Brilliant. I'm excited. It's really fun. It's really fun. Mix nuts is super dated, but if you like noises off, and I know that we've talked about how you do, I think you will yes. see it. Okay. It's a it's an Efron movie. I think it's Delia Efron and maybe Nora helped. So Nora Efron. Well, Steve Efron. Martin, I know I have seen the cover many times. Yeah. And I think it was just it was a window where I wasn't watching those kinds of movies at that age. And then by the time I got to the point where I was like, oh, my God, Steve Martin is a genius. It was not high on the list of ones I was going to go back and like 
classic Steve Martin movies. Totally. Um, but maybe it is. Maybe I just have been missing out. So Yeah. Yeah, I think it lands in an interesting place in S- Steve's career. <laughs> Rita Wilson. There it is. <laughs> Good job. It came to you. Well, you know, uh, uh, speaking of Steve Martin, on a side note, sure. um, our mutual friend uh, Morgan Lane Bennett, my co-host in my other podcast, he was mentioning to me that Bowfinger is a much better movie than I remember it because he's like, Oh my God, that's one of the best Steve Martin with Eddie Murphy. And, and it's like this, it's Frank Oz directs it. Um, So it's, it's supposed to be this like dissection of Hollywood and the lunacy of movie making and stuff. And I watched it as a kid, not as a kid, like when it came out. So I was a teenager or something. And I remember being like, this is not, what I was, this is not funny. Like I was expecting a Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy movie, but I don't think I got it. Like, I think that's the point is I didn't get the joke. So Mm -hmm. I was just left there kind of going, huh, what is this movie? So uh, that's going on my list or it went on my list when Morgan brought it up and he was like, no, you need to watch that again and give it another chance. Nice. I also, so last year I was trying to get my uh, theater crew together to watch something fun for the holidays, popcorn, because we've had this big auditorium that we use and we we're always working. So we're not hanging out, you know, but 10 minute breaks at a time. So we watched mixed nuts, but they'd also mentioned that kiss, kiss, bang, bang is a holiday movie. Oh, it totally is. All right. I'm, I don't think that Faye has seen that. So I'm going to put that on, on my list of other holiday movies for the, uh, for the season. And then I think the boys are old enough to handle die hard. I got to check that. that, Cause I think that was, is this right? Is this right? Maybe I've said this before on mm. the show. That was the very first rated R movie that I ever watched, I think. Oh, nice. And my dad was like, ah, you're old enough. You can watch it because I wasn't allowed to watch rated R movies. <laughs> I think the second movie that I watched was Predator, um, <laughs> which uh, uh, I'll, I'll take credit for bad parenting here. I tried <laughs> to watch that with my older son, oldest son. Yeah. Um, uh, when he was too young <laughs> and he was like, I don't like this movie dad. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. I thought you were going to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, tiny Adrian around, I think it was around four or five when we got HBO. I, I got HBO. I think maybe I told the story. We, we were for some reason in Seattle or traveling to somewhere and I slipped out of the shower and like cut my head open some back or front or whatever uh got stitches and had to hang out in the hotel mostly on this like small vacation but there was hbo there and i got to see the fraggles and all sorts of other cool things so my 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 father felt guilty reward was that we got hbo and cable when we got home home. oh it's funny because you're talking about scary movies and i remember being terrified about the dark crystal like oh. watching the dark crystal around the same time that I was definitely watching boxing. There's tons of blood and gore and boxing, but also Porky's movies, Porky's revenge and Porky. Like those people are very naked. Uh, and I was probably watching action films, but still those were fine. Dark crystal was scary. Yeah. Well, dark crystal <laughs> is dark. It has like the Skeksis are, did you see the Netflix series? I haven't seen that yet. I, th- I oh, think it's they, they didn't renew it for a second season and it makes me very sad, but it was, it was 
delightful. Like it's all like the thing to, to watch it for is the the artistry of it. Like the story is good. Um, it's it's long because they're stretching it into a series. Yeah, but the it's almost all puppets, like mm-hmm. real fucking puppets and then my favorite my favorite scene is they build up this isn't too much of a spoiler because i'm not going to say who it is but they build up to this very climactic moment where this like secret is revealed Mm -hmm. and it's revealed in a moment when the puppets start doing a puppet show the puppets are doing it and and they brought in this one guy on YouTube, this puppeteer who I've seen before. He does his name's I want to say it's Ben something or other. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry I'm not getting this. But he has these incredible hand puppets that are literally your hand. Uh-huh. So it's like it's he's got a little head on here and little feet here and little feet here. And then he walks it around. And then he has another one where it's like, he's got two arms here and his head is his middle finger. And then his, yeah. his feet are down here. And so he'll like make it dance and jump. And he like, he builds these intricate, like one of the, one of the creatures like this, it's uh-huh. hand will actually pick things up. Like he can reach out and grab a pencil and like swing it around. So they brought that guy in who uh-huh. is like, it's, it was just, it was so cool because that guy makes puppets that no one else in the world has ever made. They're unique right. in their, their uh, design and their uh, like performance. And to have the, the, the Muppets, the Jim Henson company be like you, Come come do this show with us. And then the characters in the show do the the pup. He designed the puppets that the puppets are doing a puppet show with. It's oh. it was it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. And um I'm sad that there won't be another one, if for no other reason than just those people need to stay in like the the artistry there. I want that to be promoted and funded and um yeah, it, it was so good. I really liked it. I'm actually shocked that there aren't more puppet shows happening right now. And there's a lot of a lot of things happening and like that could be happening in COVID times. I'm surprised they're not. So yeah. I know for sure that animation is just blowing up because I yeah. have a friend who runs an animation studio and so he's fucking booked right now. So that's working out. Yeah. Um I'm surprised that there aren't more so all of these studios own all of these properties for these pilots that never happened or sh- like there could be a lot of ridiculous and fun zoom uh, table reads of mm. a bunch of things that are old property mm. that could be very entertaining to see. Like, like uh, even just theater companies, they have to get together and read, read plays together and decide what their, their show would be. And they have all, all these actors that are out of work. But they did that with the Fast Times at Ridgemont High thing. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. With, like, I did. Brad Pitt and all those other people. That there aren't more of those right now. Yeah, I think it would be hilarious. So I just, I just decided that probably uh, Elizabeth Shue and uh, Jennifer Grey. And there are probably a bunch of different actors in the 80s that were fighting for the same like iconic parts. I think it'd be really hilarious to bring them all in and have them re-audition. 
for shows and just mix like all of the, the times that like somebody else was supposed to be Ferris Bueller or these other yeah. things. Have or have Tom in. Selleck do Indiana Jones like he was yes. originally supposed to. <laughs> yeah, just come in and do iconic, like come in and do reads of the things that they were theoretically. Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly. In Will Back Smith as Neo. He was originally going to be Neo. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Anyway. Um, Sean Connery passed away recently, but he was supposed to be Gandalf. Hey, that would have been yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't think it would have helped. Like Ian McKellen is so perfect in that role. You know, I watched, speaking of movies and speaking of Ian McKellen, yeah. I watched, uh, I have never seen the Hobbit movies because I've heard they're garbage and right. I don't want to sit through six hours of um, extended, well, but um, I have seen, I've seen people who have cut the three movies down into one movie, like fan edits. Oh, okay. And um, that is maybe how I'll give it a shot. Um, but <laughs> I remember hearing a story about how Ian McKellen um, broke down in tears multiple times while making The Hobbit because it was so much work and he was so fucking tired of <laughs> acting to goddamn tennis balls in like giant blue rooms. And he was just like, Peter, I can't do it anymore. And like now every time I watch the Hobbit movies, I see an, an old gay man, a gay icon, just so fucking tired of this bullshit that he's like dressed as this old man with a big fake prosthetic nose and he's yeah. just like i hate i can't see it not see it on his face right. like that definitely is not the vibe you pick up from the original trilogy right um but in every clip i've ever seen of the hobbit trilogy just looks like he's like uh, i don't want to be here yeah just just curious. James Earl Jones was gone before they did. Was he was he gone before the Hobbits? James Earl Jones is still alive. Is he? Yeah. Oh good. I want to see James Earl Jones Gandalf. Oh. Uh James Earl Jones is coming back in the sequel to Coming to America that is happening. Did no. you know about this? Fucking way. So I'm everyone, so Eddie Murphy, uh, um, Arsenio Hall, Arsenio Hall. I was like talk show host. What, who am I thinking of? <laughs> yeah. Um, Arsenio Hall, they're bringing back the writers and the director. Um, and, uh, and Amazon, like you didn't know this Amazon prime bought it for $200 million and it's being released for free on Christmas. Oh, fuck. Yes. I love that movie. Yeah. I, everybody who has been a part of it has said it is it, it is finally Eddie Murphy's return to comedy in full form. So fingers crossed, because I've heard that kind of shit before with other people. But fingers crossed, because like that movie is astonishing. Like, yeah. it's such a classic. Whoa. Yeah. Ar Arsenio and Eddie were great together, too. Yeah. I think because he had so much practice getting in rapport with all of the famous people, I mean, just like including if you ever, I don't know if this exists on YouTube, but if you go back and watch him even be able to interview Madonna, who was supremely difficult to interview in her like early years. So he was just sort of primed and practiced being the straight man 
comedian yeah. to just huge personalities. Yeah. Uh, probably other people like Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy together. They were considered pretty decent. But yeah, Arsenio just holds his own in most of that movie. Well, I have I listen to a lot of comedy comic podcasts like uh, comedians. And one of the things I have heard from multiple people is that many of the greatest comedians you've ever heard of will flat out say no question. The funniest human being they have ever been in the presence of is Eddie Murphy. Mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy is effortlessly hilarious all the fucking time. And there. And and he hasn't lost it. Like there is a certain like keeping up your your chops, like your your comedy stand up comedy. So I don't know if he could just like jump back into stand up. Yeah. But but people have said like twenty years after he stopped, they were hanging out, and and a group of professional comedians are all sitting around, and Eddie Murphy has them dying laughing. <laughs> so yeah, there uh, he's an odd what an odd career, right? Yeah, like. Top of the fucking world, biggest comedian ever. And then slowly but steadily, the Nutty Professor, the Nutty Professor 2, the Nutty Professor fucking 3, and then a bunch of shit like kids movie type things. Did he find, did he find God? Did he and Prince hang out? And that's that's like, what I was wondering. I is like what, what happened to his career? But then he came back in, um, what was that? Uh... Oh shit. Um I I want to say um he did like horrible B movie like like C D movie. Um I saw him in something called Mr. Church. No, was, that wasn't it. It was good. Mm, there there was a there was a movie that came out last year where he's playing a real movie director who basically got money and sort of it's sort of like the room. Oh. Um um, I can wasn't he my name is Dolomite didn't he do Dolomite that's the one that's the one Dolomite I I'm, yeah I I heard he was amazing in it mm. so he's so right now Eddie Murphy's upcoming um, uh, roster is coming to America uh, he's he's gonna be in Beverly Hills Cop 4 apparently I heard about that one and they're working on a movie um uh Call with um Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito called Triplets, where Eddie Murphy plays the third member of the Triplets. <laughs> so it's it the sequel to Twins, right? So yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Fuck me. Who I hope that's good. That's a great idea. Whose make a wish wish was that? <laughs> Some famous like we don't know they're dying yeah director or writer that everybody's yeah. like okay but only just for you like who's <laughs> that's awesome i will yeah. watch that that sounds awful well again like finger, fingers crossed <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I it's being directed about... by ivan reitman who <gasps> did ghostbusters and, Ki and ghostbusters too and kindergarten cop and junior and yeah. twins the original i mean that's twins. the guy you know that yeah. ivan reitman was the guy who was the first choice and then he quit dropped it he didn't have the vibe for uh, galaxy quest he was the original director and then 
they replaced him with the person who ended up doing it and actually got the more comedic yeah. type of the movie. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you see the documentary about that? I did. Mm. That's a great movie. That that is one of those classic. Just showed up out of nowhere, and it just nails it. Every part of that movie nails it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's why you end up with a documentary. That's like they. It's like they did the fan culture. Like they were able to poke fun at it while still revering it. Mm-hmm. And and it, it just it's they they straddled this line that was so hard to do. Yeah, well, uh, it's weird for us to conceptualize that now that conventions are popular, right? And these kinds of movies are the norm, and geeks are awesome. They're yeah. like like computer geeks and yeah. Star Trek fans and people who are into sci-fi. Like that's a big freaking deal. That's billions of dollars right now. But right. back then, yeah, Star Trek conventions were going for a very long time. And then it was Xena warrior princess conventions. Those are the two ones that are out when galaxy quest comes out. And like, those are, those are fringe people that you just hear about sometimes, you know, right. Everybody's been, you're like watching the news, you know, killings, killings, robbery, everything's horrible. And then, and hey, hey, there's a lineup at the, the Star Trek convention. When they do their, like their one fun things, just no. <laughs> <laughs> They're dressed up. Mm-hmm. How nuts is that? Oh, yeah, adorable for a show that's been off the air for over fifteen years or whatever the heck. I don't know. <laughs> okay, you had a thing you wanted to talk about today, I think, and I need to go. So let's do it. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I think it's perfect. You're gonna I'm say gonna, we're gonna talk about. It. We didn't get there. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, so we have two movies to watch. Mixed Nuts, yes. Muppet Christmas Carol. Absolutely. And then I'm also going to make sure that we watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang sometime before Christmas, but we don't, I mean, we can talk about it because it's an amazing movie, but. Perfect. Yay. Yeah. Well, okay. Thanks for well, being here. Fabulous. This was fun. As yeah, always. I thought we were great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this was, this was top notch podcasting right here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Some of the best ever. I can look forward to writing the copy about what the heck we talked about. I don't remember now. Yeah, we have the best words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll see you next time. All right. Okay. TV deeply, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.